Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back. We are going to hit a pretty tough topic today. Um, And I say it's tough because it's such a... uh, (laughs) Uh, a rapidly moving topic in our society today. I want to address something. I, I've also addressed this a little bit in other episodes. And so, you know, you can go back and you can find those. But the idea of masculine and feminine is something I've already addressed. So I'm not going to do too much with that other than I'm going to tie it to something that is current, something I've been hearing over the last two weeks. There has been this case that's going on in Florida. Many of you are probably aware of it. And it's creating a a bit of a stir. And there's some language that's going on. And I want to create some clinical uh, perspective on the language that's being used. The language I've been hearing is gender spectrum. I want to be super clear. Clinically, there is no such thing yet. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be some form of definition as to what it means moving forward, but there is no such thing as gender spectrum. What there is is a masculine feminine spectrum and that's the cultural influence on masculinity and femininity in any given culture so in some cultures you're going to see a different kind of scale like you might look at a, a you know a particular culture and say wow what they see as masculine does not fit what we see as masculine or vice versa right? Like they do these things and they consider that to be a masculine thing. And we don't like that, that, oh my gosh, no, thank you. Right. In our, in our culture. But that is where that part of the conversation ends. And this whole concept of gender spectrum seems to be taking on its own identity. Well, I'm going to get into a tiny bit on definitions. First, I think it's important we all understand that in in the clinical world, definitions matter. If I'm sitting with a person, I'm not saying my definition is the one that matters. I want to be curious about what your definition is. As a client, you sit across from me, you're going to tell me what your definition is. Oh, I see it like this. Oh, okay. And that might give me an opportunity to create uh, definition insight where I can say, well, here's the clinical definition. Here's what we see happening culturally and how our culture defines it. And we can start to close gaps. And that's a really important thing to do in our daily activities is make sure we're working from similar or the same definition. That doesn't mean we have to agree with each other on everything. We don't. What we've got to do, though, is have an agreed upon definition or else one of us is working from a totally different planet than the other person. And that is not a relational thing to do. So creating common definitions 
And as of right now, like I, I did a, a cursory search on you know gender spectrum and what that means and stuff. Well, clinically, it means nothing. Like uh, from a clinical perspective, there is nothing by definition that it means. So what that what that tells me is we're getting every definition of gender spectrum from our culture. Our culture is ahead of any academia when it comes to gender being on a spectrum. And that's because academia, when we're in college or university systems, what we're what we're discussing and talking about in those settings is masculine feminine spectrums from a cultural perspective. And then gender when we're looking at gender, we're looking, if you look at the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that we currently use in clinical, uh, in the clinical world, when we look at that, there's really only one thing that, it, that addresses directly the idea of gender, and that's gender dysphoria. And that's what we do when somebody's biology does not match up with what they prefer on the inside. Like they feel like a man, but they're a woman. They feel like a woman, but they're a man. And it's called gender dysphoria because essentially what gender dysphoria means is an uncomfortableness with what the, the, the word is assigned sex. Now, I, I don't know how that terminology of being assigned sex is is perceived by everybody. Like there's a couple of different camps on that, right? Assigned sex is what the culture says you are at birth. Well, they look, they see you've got female parts and anatomy and they say, you're a female. They see you got male parts or anatomy and they say, you're a male. Does that mean that that's what's assigned? There's the other camp, which is, you know, there's a higher power and we're given a body part as an assignment. <laughs> Both of those things come from very different perspectives. And I, I can't be clearer on this. Depending on what your perspective is, if it's a cultural assignment, it means one thing. And it means something totally different if it's a spiritual, religious assignment. Okay. I don't know that we're going to solve that piece of the issue, uh, because I don't know that we can, right? Like that opens up a whole nother, uh, you know, perspective that we would have to explore in detail and depth. The other thing that the DSM does address though is sexual orientation. It addresses sexual orientation as a choice to act behaviorally in sexual relationships with either same gender, meaning in for our purposes, meaning biological, right? If you've got male parts, you're a male, regardless of whether you're feminine or masculine. Biologically, gender has historically meant male or female. And oh, sidebar real quick. I do want to address this because it's, it's a big deal. It is highly unusual that a child would be born with multiple parts. When that does occur, the vast majority of those rare occasions, 
the body sheds the the male parts almost almost every time meaning it finishes the transformation in uh, on its own it doesn't require any in most cases it doesn't require human interaction to make it happen now there are exceptions to this but they're extremely rare and so i think that that would be its own uh you know a, a, something we would look on look at on its own at some point possibly but sexual orientation is preferred behavior of an individual so if it's a male who likes females or a female who likes males the preferred behavior would be what we would see as the historically at least the most typical all right now you can see how this can cause issues right depending on what is meant by assigned sex what what we where we start with assigned sex which by the way is pretty commonly common language used assigned sex if we start from the religious point then sexual orientation has one perspective but if we start with it being a cultural assignment a totally different perspective and what's unfortunate to me is when i'm hearing this stuff that's going on in florida is people are working from totally different planets there there's there's one saying that this is a cultural assignment and another one that's saying biology is not a cultural assignment both can make sense from their own individual perspective but if they don't understand the other side of that argument then we're not going to create the right conversation and the right conversation is around biology and emotion it's how we are physically made and put together and how we are emotionally made and put together the hard part is the physical at least to this point for the you know the the greatest uh perspective on this right now is it's beyond our control we don't get to pick gender we do know a lot about the development process but there's still nuances to it that are we just we, we don't get to pick i don't get to you know say i'm i'm going to have i'm going to have sex and i am going to make a male baby tonight that's what i'm going to do i'm going to make a male or i'm going to make a female i'm going to pick their gender in the middle of the sexual act now if you're hearing this you're probably thinking yeah duh if if we could we there's there's definitely people out there who would want to pick we don't do that not yet and i i hope that we don't cuz i think it uh, uh it would change a lot of conversations that we i don't know i th- i just think that you know there's a there's a point at which we manipulate the science that can become problematic and dangerous um you know like we could get into that some other time so i'm just going to pause right there on that <laughs> 
But sexual orientation is a choice. At the end of the day, uh, we could choose to have sex with a person or an animal. We could choose to have sex with a male or a female. Uh, we could choose to have sex alone or together. Like Those are choices that we all have. It's really important that we understand that that emotional decision and the biological implications do overlap. They overlap definitely. And again, that creates more confusion when we talk about gender being on the spectrum, cultural influence, biological, like we gotta, we really gotta come together and have the conversation that all of this stuff plays a factor. Our emotional well-being plays a factor. I'll give you an example. If a young boy is molested by a male, you can look this up. They are more likely than any boy that was not molested by a male to identify as homosexual. That's just a reality. It increases the chance at which they identify with homosexuality as being their preferred sex. Why is that? Like, please ask yourselves these questions. Why is that? Because as a social science guy, a, a clinical guy, one of the things that I do is I think about these things. I'll play out a scenario because I've, I've seen this. I, I've worked with people on these kinds of topics. And one of the things that comes out is it's a shame reducer for, for many of the people I've worked with. And it's, it's a good number that I've worked with for many of them identifying as homosexual takes that incident of being molested and makes it less shameful. Now, we could get into the details as to why that is. I'm just telling you, it's a piece of the puzzle. I'm not here to solve the puzzle for every one of you out there. Create the conversation and let you think for yourself. That's super important to me. So we have gender dysphoria and sexual orientation. That's pretty common language in the clinical field. Almost every other term that you're going to see out there, things like, uh, what does it mean to be transgender, gender identity, gender assignment, gender concept, gender expression, like all of gender queer, like we could go on and on and on. But the reality is most of these are culturally defined. They're culturally defined as of right now. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of conversation happening around it. 
in you know, the university systems because it's filtering out into the field. As I interact with newer therapists, yes, they're having conversations about it, but there's definitions that are not being clearly defined from the beginning. And so the conversations are problematic at best. They're problematic at best because unless we start from a similar or same definition, we take it to mean whatever fits our own paradigm as opposed to creating common ground to stand on and then exploring the different pieces. Well, clinically, we've done that for years, many, many years. And what we need to do is extend that conversation appropriately out into the world and define these terms so that we're all standing from the same platform, the same ground. And if we don't do that, we're setting ourselves up to fail. Okay. Last piece I want to cover. Yes, this is a somewhat complex topic because of the emotion because of the lack of definitions, because of the, the history of people being oppressed. It's a complex topic in that sense. But culture wants us to believe that defining gender is itself complicated. And it's not. From my perspective as a clinical person, it does not seem to me to be complicated whatsoever. Gender is biology. Gender is your biology. If you're born with female parts, your gender is female. Your orientation might be different. Your emotional feelings inside might tell you you don't fit in the body that you were given, assigned. But your gender is biology. So when you have gender identity issues or gender dysphoria, we're saying it's biological dysphoria. We're saying it's biological assignment. It's biology. And we can talk about the difference, the, what we call, uh, well, what I, as a therapist, uh, would, would term congruence and incongruence. When the outside doesn't match the inside. When my behaviors don't match my words. Congruence and incongruence is definitely part of the conversation. If we don't feel like our biology, man, we need to have that conversation. Let's have that conversation. But why don't we feel like our biology? We have to pinpoint why we don't feel like our, our, our biology. Is it because our anatomy bothers us? Because that's a biological issue. We're saying the emotion and biological issue is it's incongruent. 
But if we're saying it because of our attractions, then that might be a masculine feminine issue, more of a cultural issue potentially. And we would have to narrow that down. But at the end of the day, gender is biology. It's just biology. And you'll see definitions out there, almost all of them, talk about assigned sex. And so I think, again, one of the underlying questions is, how is sex assigned? If it's assigned by a person in the hospital, and that's how it's quote-unquote assigned, then it's purely biological. If it's assigned by our culture, then we need to redefine all of what gender means. If it's assigned by a God or higher power, then it has a very specific meaning. Okay. I probably didn't answer a lot of questions, but my hope is that we take a closer look at what the meaning is behind the discussions. How are things being defined and clarified and classified? Because if we don't do that, we are absolutely missing the boat. We are not going to be in it together. We cannot be in it together if we don't start from a common place. That's not about agreement or disagreement. Commonplace just means we have one piece that we can agree to and we start from there and we look at the pieces around it. Thanks for joining me. I hope this created some pretty uh, interesting thinking processes for you. And have a great day.